Welcome to the Dawn of Mantis podcast. Um, this is not really a bona fide episode. It is just me this evening. And uh, like I said, this is not a numbered episode. This is kind of a bonus thing. And it is mainly because I wanted to share the story of the little house where I grew up. And some interesting things happened there. I wrote a story about it a few years ago, and I found it the other day, and it was something that I wanted to share with you guys. And so, uh, if it's not something you're interested in or whatever, you can skip it, and we'll catch you on the next episode. But if it is something that you might be interested in, then I hope I hope it's worth your time. I think it's going to be about 15 or 20 minute read. Um, so yeah, without further ado, I give you The House on Hall Hill Road. I've been intrigued by unexplained phenomena for many years. I've read books on UFOs, hauntings, crop circles, poltergeists, Bigfoot, alien abductions, you name it. Studying about wandering souls, haunted houses, and disembodied spirits has long been a hobby of mine, but it wasn't always that way. What started my macabre fascination with the unexplained was a little house at the end of a dirt road in Oklahoma. My parents and I moved there from Arkansas a little before my ninth birthday. After a little investigation, my dad discovered that the house used to sit in Summers, Arkansas, near Cincinnati, the small speck of a town where we had just moved from, but it had been in its present location since about the 50s. It still wore its ancient wooden siding and was topped by a rusty tin roof. The house was so old that it wasn't built to accommodate electrical lines or outlets, and when they had been installed in the house, they had to run it through conduit along the outside of the walls. It was around a hundred years old and had been a church and even a post office one time, a long time ago. We moved there in the spring of 1989, if I remember correctly. The house was pretty small, so my dad built on a big kitchen almost immediately. We settled in quickly, and I loved the place. It was half surrounded by fields, outlined by a deep holler on one side, and beyond that were seemingly endless woods. There was only one house past us on the dead-end road, and it had been vacant for forever, so we were very isolated. I had free run of everywhere in sight to play, which was heaven to an eight-year-old boy. I don't remember exactly when the strange event started. It wasn't right off. In fact, I think we'd been living there a few years, because I think I was about 11 when things started to happen. And they were subtle at first. I remember my TV and radio going off by themselves. I also remember my little dog Midnight laying back her ears and growling, staring into a corner or up at a wall. I was never really sure what she was looking at. I can also remember hearing voices, very faint, but definitely audible. I mentioned these things to my mom, a very devout Christian, who assured me that it was just my imagination and I should stop watching scary movies. I may have believed that myself if the occurrences had remained that pedestrian, but soon, things got too big to ignore. From the condition of the house, you've probably guessed that we weren't exactly upper-middle class. We weren't dirt poor, but then again, we didn't have a car with air conditioning until I was about 16, and our house didn't have AC either until my dad finally put a window unit in the living room, and I think I was about 12 at that time. Needless to say, I didn't go out to movies or theme parks or pizza places much growing up although that was fine by me. But there was one time I got to go to Chuck E. Cheese's with some friends. Mom had given me a little money, and I got to play some of the games. 
and although I was terrible at all of them, I managed to win enough tickets to get a few cheap toys at the end of the night, one of which was a small red plastic ring. Knowing I would never wear it, I flung it on the dresser when I got home that night. Well, my bedroom had one naked light bulb sticking out of the ceiling with a long chain dangling from it, and a few days later, I finally had an idea of how to get some use out of that ring. So I took a short piece of shoestring, and I tied to the end of that metal chain the red ring to make it easier to pull the light off and on. Now, you may be wondering why I would devote so much of the story to a worthless toy ring, but it will make sense later. In the meantime, the strange events at home plugged steadily along. Once, a friend was over staying the night. I was in my bed, and he was on a pallet in the floor. It was very late, and we were almost asleep when the door slid open. I couldn't see in the doorway from my position in the room, but he was lying right in front of it. He looked down the hallway and called my name, and when I replied from behind him, he whirled around, looked at me, terrified, and leapt from the floor to my bed. When he finally calmed down, he told me there was a person standing in the hall, and although their image was fuzzy, it looked just like me, and that's why he had called my name. I've spoken with him since, and even though this happened many years ago, he still swears it did happen to this day. Of course, I believe him. Considering what else happened in that house, that event seemed almost normal. I had friends over all the time in those days, so thankfully I had a lot of witnesses to verify I wasn't crazy. Once my guitar scooted down the wall and fell. A glass of water slid across the desk and spilled into the floor. Electronics always malfunctioned or quit altogether. My bedroom door was loose on the hinges most of the time, which meant that you had to grab the knob and pull up to get the door open or closed. But there were many times that I had left it open only to return to find it shut or vice versa. The fact that it drugged the carpet so badly that you have to lift it up to move it to me certainly rules out a gust of wind unless, you know, maybe a hurricane blast had somehow made it down our hallway. Nearly everything that happened was in my room except for two major occurrences. Once, while I was very young, I was lying on the couch watching TV, and out of my peripheral vision, I saw someone walk from the dining room, past me, through the living room, down the hallway towards my room. Several minutes later, I got up to get a drink, and there sat both of my parents at the kitchen table playing dominoes. I asked if either had gotten up recently to use the restroom, and they said no, they hadn't. They'd been sitting right there playing dominoes for well over an hour. Now, this sent chills down my spine because... Of course, there was no one else in the house other than me, so who had I seen walk past me minutes before? The second occurrence happened in the restroom several years after this, when I was 21 years old. I had married my first wife a few months before, and she had moved in with us until the house that I had just bought was renovated and ready to be lived in. It was about two in the morning, and she had gotten up to use the restroom. As she was coming out, something, or someone, shoved her out of the restroom and into the hall. She sprang from the bedroom door to the bed in one bound and hid under the covers, waking me and scaring me to death as well. It took her quite a while to even calm down enough to tell me what had just happened. Now this reminds me of another instance, but this one was, like most of the others, in my room. My dad had recently passed away, so it was just my mom, my wife, and myself living at the house. On this particular night, though, my mom was at church, 
and I was out playing with my band, and my wife was the only one home. When I returned later that night, I found her sitting out on the back porch in the cold. She'd been out there for a long time. She said that she was in the house earlier, writing a letter to a friend, and she started to hear a small girl crying. She jumped from her chair and ran outside and had been there ever since. Needless to say, after this second encounter, we moved into our new house ahead of schedule. Now, before you judge me for abandoning my newly widowed mother out of fear, she never had a single negative experience in the house. In fact, she experienced something quite opposite, but we'll get into that at the end of this story. Now, like I said before, I immediately told my parents about the events as soon as they started happening, and they assured me that it was all in my head. Granted, I did have a wild imagination as a child, which most of us do, but sadly, most of us lose somewhere along the way, but I could tell the difference between make-believe and reality. Like when one of my songbooks was thrust from the tabletop and into the wastebasket, for example. It got so bad that I started sleeping on the couch in the den, and I only went back to sleeping in my room after my dad agreed to sleep in there with me for a while, which ended up being about two years, if I remember correctly. But long before, my mom had started reading Bible scripture aloud in my room on a regular basis, and she insisted I left a Bible on my nightstand. I don't know if this was to give me a sense of security, or if even she was beginning to believe that something was going on in that house. I'm sure by now, anyone listening to this story has decided that there really was something going on in that house, or maybe I just had an uncontrollable imagination, Or maybe I'm just full of it. Well, before you decide, let me finish up with a couple of examples of what can either be described as undeniable proof or amazing coincidences. Years after all this had begun, I started working for the utility authority in a small town nearby. As it happened, the woman whom we had purchased the house from worked at the same place. I didn't say anything about the house to her for a long time, for fear of sounding crazy. But finally, one day I decided to ask her if anything strange had happened while she lived there. She immediately told me, yes, several odd things had happened there, but the one that stood out to her the most happened in that back room, which turned out to be my bedroom. She said she had been thrown off a horse and had injured her back, and she had taken off work a few days. She was lying on a bed in that room and began to hear children laughing. After a while, she started to hear children crying. I had previously never mentioned a word to her about my then-wife hearing a small girl cry in that exact room so many years later. The second example, and by far my favorite, was the ring. I mentioned earlier the plastic red ring I had tied to the end of the light chain in my room. What I didn't mention was that almost from the very first night I tied the ring on there, it moved. You would first hear the little metal chain clanking against the bulb. It was like an invisible cat was playing with it. I can't tell you how many nights I'd lay there and fall asleep watching that happen. Something would slap the ring and the chain would swing back and forth, back and forth, until it would hang still at the end of the chain, only to be slapped again. Out of all the occurrences in the house, this was the most consistent. About a half a dozen friends and family witnessed it too. Now, fast forward about 10 years. Having moved out on our own, my mom was the last one left in the house. She soon decided to sell it and move about a mile up the road closer to my uncle. As it turns out, 
a brother of a friend of mine ended up buying the house. A little while after he and his wife had settled in, I went out to talk to him and to look around and see it, you know, what he had done with the place. We hung out for a bit, and after a while I finally asked him the question I had been dying to ask him ever since I got there. Has anything weird happened since you moved in? Of course, it was really no surprise when he replied, oh yeah, quite a few things. He mentioned a few noises and also how he had been putting in new locks and had set his screwdriver on the floor next to him. A few seconds later, when he reached back down to get it, it was gone. He was the only one there and had not moved from that spot. After some searching, he found it on a table several rooms away. But the weirdest thing he said was his class ring. It had disappeared. Disappeared, I said. He replied, yeah, I took it off in the restroom to wash my hands and I forgot about it. And when I went back in there a few hours later, it was gone. He said he and his wife searched for several days for the ring, but found nothing. Until one day, he said, he walked into the back bedroom and for some unexplainable reason, there hung his class ring tied to the end of the light chain. My legs felt numb, and I'm sure my jaw was hanging open. I don't have to tell you that every inch of my body was covered in goosebumps. I explained to him my little red ring and how it used to be tied at the end of that chain. He looked pretty bewildered, too, after I was done with that story. This is now all in the past, but the memories of what happened in that house are still very vivid. My mom was the last of the family to leave my childhood home, and like I alluded earlier, she actually did have her own experience in the house, although I don't believe it had anything to do with what I encountered. Several months after my dad passed away in October of 2001, one day short of their 61st wedding anniversary, and coincidentally, almost exactly 18 years from when I'm recording this right now, my mom was awoken from a dead sleep by his voice. It was loud and clear, she said, and sounded like it was right there in the room with her, and the voice said, Mama. This is what my dad had called her for much of their 61 years of marriage, and she said she felt like it was him, and she wasn't afraid at all. She sat up in bed and listened for a moment, then laid back down. But as soon as she closed her eyes again, the voice called, Mama. She told me that this time she didn't get back up because she felt it was him saying farewell more than beckoning to her. She simply left her eyes closed and drifted back to sleep. I think it actually comforted her, if anything, and I would have given anything to have heard it too. And that is basically my story. My personal experiences declined a little over the years, and what little experiences lingered, I grew used to. Later on, it seemed that whatever it was became more focused on other people, like it and myself had maybe reached some sort of unspoken agreement. I'm not trying to sell a point or convince anyone of anything. I just want to take those weird, strange, interesting events and record them and put them out in the universe you know, before they slip away, forgotten or lost forever. You can think what you will. I'm not concerned about anyone's opinion. I just wanted to share a small part of my life in the little house on the end of Hall Hill Road.